listener. It's Celia, host of Love Waits for You. Well, this is a perfect example of transforming one's pain into power. If you listened to last week, our episode together, apparently I had some shadow work, some something to look at inside myself that I didn't uh, admire or love on like I should. And um, I was able to release that within our session. <laughs> I'm going to call it a session um, together, <laughs> our one-way session. No, I mean, uh, if you follow along on my journey, I've, if you listened to the first episode compared to now, um, I think it'd be interesting for Dane and I to do another um, episode together just so I mean, just to hear, like, even how we communicate back and forth uh, with one another. I don't know. Maybe it's the same. Uh, we still can bicker and stuff like that, which we weren't fighting on the call. But I'm just saying, like, that's still the same, how we communicate. But I don't know. I just feel like I don't go back. I haven't went back and listened to it. But at some time, maybe I will. But I just know I sound different. And I sound whole-er and healthier um, than I did then. And part of it has been getting stuff off my chest that for some reason it took this to do it. It took me feeling like I had a responsibility to share it with other people to help them for me to actually say it out loud and, you know, see it and heal from it. So, you know, God works in mysterious ways. Uh, and this was definitely a spiritually led situation starting the podcast and I'm continuing to just be led. Uh, so since our last call, the very next day, I believe, no, 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 it was that week though. It was last week. So I um, recorded the show on Monday of last week. Today is Tuesday, um, June 20th. And um, last Friday, I had went to um, the Warrior Center for Women in Olive Branch, Mississippi, because I've shared with you guys, I'm uh, Mrs. Mississippi International right now, competing July 22nd for the Mrs. International title, and I haven't talked much about the pageant this time around because I really feel like the last pageant I was in, there was something, even though I thought I was completely like healed, just like I think I'm so healed now, There's there was still another layer to heal, like, and that was like this attachment layer. Like, I felt very attached to the outcome as much as I was, like, had a show titled Calm, Cool, and Collected. I was anything but calm, cool, and collected. Like, right now, everybody asks me, how are you feeling? And I'm like, I feel good. Are you nervous? Not really. Like, <laughs> I've only spoken on stage one time. I've been speaking in front of people, and I've been doing the podcast, but actually having a microphone and standing on stage, um, I did it one time whenever, the first time I competed in... um the uh, state pageant for Tennessee, it was Mrs. Tennessee America, and I got the American title, and when it was the on-stage question, the top six, they get asked, and uh, I, of course, you know, got very emotional, and I made a story the other day, and I was like, you know, I'm healed now, healed enough, so no crying, I'll be doing any crying on stage, and I think that really is important out of a title holder is to whatever it is that's on our heart that we're, you know, trying to advocate for, is to um, be healed from it to a degree in which we can empower others. I think I'm going to be more effective now than I could have been a couple years ago because I had some unresolved trauma 
that I was needing to work through. That's what all those tears were about. I thought I was good. I was a, you know, successful businesswoman, married the man of my dreams, did all these things that were goals whenever I was younger. But yet, on the, and I even thought to myself, like, I did all those things I was supposed to do. I'm here. And why am I still, like, feeling empty? Well, the answer for anyone, including yourself, if you're that person, is there's something unresolved. Like, the void, I don't feel like is just, like, I feel like it's gaping and painful because of trauma. It's not like we were just born with it. Because think back to when we were children. Okay, but think back to before our innocence was stolen. There had, like, for most people, like, there was a point in time that we can remember where we were not looking at the hours on the clock, not, you know, checking our phones. Like we were just like in flow, just like living and like, just, you know, just happy and joyful. And, um, I'm getting back to that and it's because I'm healing layer after layer, layer underneath layer. But anyway, I went and talked to these ladies in Mississippi and, you know, it's a three and a half hour drive there. And uh, I was there for about an hour, and it re went really well. And I'm not going to share, you know, all the things we talked about. I did post some of it if you guys want to look at my stories. I think I have it under advocacy. But basically, I just, you know, shared my story like I do with you all and brought him some crumble cookies, uh, which are, like, really delicious, and I didn't have any. Um, I'm going to be having those as soon as this pageant is over. But um, that and some Jenny's ice cream. But uh, I, you know, spent time with them, and I left, and it's like... Um, after I'd left the, like, forget if we call her CEO or president or executive, she's like very high up and like runs that particular center. She called me and she was like, I'm so sorry I didn't get to meet you. I walked through when you were talking, but I had so much happening. But like the girls, like they really benefit from what you have to say. She was like, this is what they need. They need to see someone that's gotten through it. And I was like, I know, like, I'm like thinking to myself, you know, I know, like, that's why I'm like, I know there's a need for me to go and just like, be myself to other people that are where I was, because I know what I would have needed whenever I was them, whenever I was in their shoes. I just needed someone that had truly gone through it, that could truly relate to all the feelings, could express them, like feelings I couldn't even put into words, and be able to point me in the right direction of like, what I need to focus on and give me like a carrot to like a dangled carrot in front of me. So anyway, all this to say on the way there, I felt inspired to be like, wait a second, maybe I haven't been dreaming big enough in this area. Like literally I went to bed the night before, did not dream up of starting a nonprofit the next day, you know, I'm driving there and I'm like, aren't, isn't with a nonprofit. And since I've I could honestly do a podcast on how to start a nonprofit now um, because it's like people that have started it, like they know and you just like need directions. I even like looked up on podcasts, like how to start a nonprofit, hoping somebody would just give me like a an episode, just breaking it down. Like it's not that, you know, complicated. I told my husband when I got this idea, I was like, I need to start a nonprofit. And he was like, no, no, you don't really. And I'm like, no, I do. Like the crumble cookies, the gas, the journals. Like, all these things that I'm putting into it, I don't, like, I'm not trying to do a fundraiser yet, but, like, people are, like, looking for charities to donate to, and at the very, le le <laughs> the very least, I could, you know, write these things off. Like, I wouldn't, like, that would be less money paid on taxes. He was like, well, it wouldn't put, necessarily put us in another tax bracket. 
And I'm like, no, but like we pay taxes off of X amount of income. Well, this would now be that a lesser amount of income. So like, I'm just thinking like 33% of that, you know, or whatever the percentage is like, that's what we would not have to pay. Like it would help in some way. And of course the feeling of founding a nonprofit, like it's almost like, no, like I'm worthy of that also. Like not, not just me, but like my calling and like my heart and what I'm trying to do, like that mission is worthy of that as well. So, um, this was not safe, but on the way I was, I literally worked the whole way there. Like it was like, I was there before I knew it because before I knew it, I'd already like set up the stuff to like get my EIN number and set up the stuff to get all the, uh, certified articles and, I paid, uh, sorry, husband. <laughs> he was like, you don't need another expense. I was like, send him a screenshot. I'm like, it's only a hundred dollars. Well, it's a hundred dollars to file the EIN. It, it was like $400 for this service I paid. That's going to, um, do the, the 501c3 stuff. And it's an easy short form with the IRS that I get to do because I'm not, starting with like $250,000, they were like, will you make or get more than $250,000 your first year? And I'm like, no, like I'm literally just doing this to have a separate bank account that I flow money into and maybe one day do fundraisers. Like why, why not? But for now, flow money into to whenever I go to Crumble Cookie and I go, cause those girls want me to come back. And um, so sorry, going back to that conversation, she was like, you know, really asking me if I would come back. She's like, you know, I don't know who handles your emails. And I was like, yeah, she'll, she'll be back in touch with you. And, um, Sam, who's been handling my emails, she, she asked me before that lady called, and this is to show you how you have to kind of like die to your ego daily. She called me. And of course I was in a tired state and I told her I'm not going to make any more decisions while I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> or like even like we're not going to take my decisions I make seriously when I'm tired like uh, after a drive and it is kind of emotionally like I spend myself emotionally when I go and I talk to these girls and um she was like hey I was just thinking like you know um if you thought about like how it went like would you want to go back and I'm like yeah you know like somewhere closer <laughs> you know and she's like well I was just thinking you know relationship building and I was like yeah you're you know you're such a sweetheart but like somewhere closer. Well, then that lady calls me and I was like, Hey, let's talk about this tomorrow to Sam. Cause I told the lady, of course, you know, that I would be back, but I was like, I don't know if this is me being a people pleaser or if it's truly because if I feel like I truly made a difference and I'm needed, then of course I want to pour more into these girls. And, uh, she was like, yes, just consider it. And the next day I woke up and I had recovered you know, rest is so important. Getting your eight hours of sleep. I personally get nine every night, but I woke up and I was like in the best mood ever. And I was like, of course I'll do this. It's not like I'm doing this every day. It's like once a month, once one Friday a month, I can travel down there to those girls. And now that I have the nonprofit, like this is like very beginning stages. Like ideas are coming to me sometimes moment after moment. Sometimes it takes a couple of days, but Basically, these girls, I'm going to, because um, I essentially would need to recruit more people to, you know, do this. And what basically the 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 prof, the nonprofit is, what I'm doing, my mission, is inspiring others, or I'm inspiring others to lead with love in all that they do, 
because this will create a ripple effect of love that is the love that heals so they can transform their pain to their superpower. And what that essentially means is what I have done is I have, when I first wrote the book, that was healing to me. Um, I put it out there for others. Other people got something back. Okay, so my superpower apparently is writing and, you know, being able to talk about this. That's healing for me. It's healing for other people. Well, other people also have gifts. It's just a matter of reframing, you know, how can I use this event that happened to me, this painful experience to help other people? And what happens is when you do that, when you help heal other people, you heal yourself too. And then, so in the case of what I'm doing, the whole ripple effect of love that heals, I'm going to go to these girls and maybe other girls, other places, and maybe other girls, other places. And I'm going to do exactly what I'm doing, which takes like no like extra thinking whatsoever. I mean, I just go to my book that's already, that I've done the work for and like grab some writing exercises to like go over with them and give them journal. Like they're just being loved on. I'm bringing them cookies and sharing my heart and my story authentically and telling the truth. And they're seeing somebody they look up to. Well, then I'm telling, I'm going to tell them next time I see them that once they're sober for a year, then they, and they're out of the program that they're in, that they too can then go to their communities, which are not going to be my communities, and lead the same kind of workshop that I'm doing under the Lead With Love if they want to, because if they do, then I can fund it. I can fund them to do that from the funds in the organization that eventually there will be fundraising. And if nothing else, it'll get written back off and it'll all be under the name Lead With Love International. So I named it International because I was going, because Lead With Love was taken and it was like giving me um, examples of like what it could be, this and that, this and that. And I saw Lead With Love, there was Lead With Love Foundation. And I thought of like one of my girlfriends who has one, I'm like, well, I don't want to like seem like I'm like, I just want to be my, like, not seem like I'm copying her at all. So I was like, I don't I mean, I could do that, obviously. But I saw international and I was like, whoa, because I'm doing the international pageant. And I was like, this is, and this pageant prep has kind of helped me get, helped me articulate more and be more concise and more polished with my presentation of what I'm doing because 50% of the score is based off our platform. So I have to give a pitch about my platform, which not only is a book and a podcast, but now in workshops, now it's, you know, a nonprofit once the paperwork goes through, which will only take a couple of months since it's the easy form. But, um, yeah, so, uh, I chose international cause I was like, I told my, um, interview coach who's helping me prep for the international pageant. I said, even if regardless of what happens, I, it's like an ode to the international pageant system because of the prep I've had to do to prepare for a pageant of this, I don't want to say caliber, like the other system was any different. It's just, there's just a huge focus on platform. So I had to, and platform happens to be my calling. Like I feel my calling is this platform work. So it's like a thanks to them in a way. Um, like, you know, or it's just in my mind, like they'll, it'll always be with me, this experience. So, and of course, I can, you know, share that with the judges in a more concise way than I just did right now. <laughs> but anyway, so that's what I have going on. And uh, anybody that has any experience with fundraising or, you know, has any ideas you want to throw at me. Um, another 
thing I'm working on is for those girls putting together like a little book, apparently. So I have this poem that I wrote that's like five notebook pages, five like word document pages long, maybe even longer because of the stanzas, how it's all on one part of the page. All I know, it is so long. It takes me like five minutes to say it out loud. Well, um, I was like Googling and apparently I could put it into like a book format, like self-publish a little poetry book um, for that one particular poem. Because again, it's so long. Like it goes like, I'm just gonna tell you a little part of it. Actually, I can tell it to you and then we'll end the, um, end our session because our session <laughs> in the show, because, um, I have my, uh, team meeting call at 3 PM and it's 2:52. but let me pull it up for you and let me just share my poem and then, um, we'll talk more next week. I'll do a little bit more research, research before our call. I just was really excited and, um, I figured, you know, I would share this win with you guys because it's something we could all be a part of. Like all of my listeners, um, I have to have board members and in the state of Tennessee, there's no age requirement. So I'm making me the president, my husband, the vice president. And I told, I called him today. I was like, Hey, just want to see if we're on the same page. If I had to name one of our children's secretary and one of them treasurer, who would you choose? He was like, do you really want to ha let Tristan handle, think Tristan would handle money? He was like, now Preston would buy them, spend it all on toys. But he was like, Tristan's a lot like you. I was like, Dane, I do money for a living. He was like, Celia, you're not good with money. And I'm like, I save money. It's just if I make money, I'm going to spend money. He was like, yeah, but you've been, you were making, started making less money in the mortgage business and you were still spending. But I don't think that's a money problem. That's just a, um, I don't know what that is. It's more like I knew what was happening. He was like, you're in debt. And I'm like, yeah, only to you. Because technically, whenever I'm so excited that I paid cash for my car, I technically borrowed it from him at the time. But I planned to pay him back in like two months. But then the mortgage business went down. So it's kind of like I have like a little line of credit with my husband. And of course, our money's the same. But he, we stick to this because if we didn't, then like, we wouldn't save as much as we would because all that that I pay him back, he will, um, and I've got him like most of it paid back, um, a good half of it, but all of it will, you know, actually go to savings. Whereas if he said, okay, you don't owe that to me. I don't know that I would, with the way the business is right now, that I would be able to, um, save it, especially with things like gowns and clothes and the things I like to spend money on. And, um, anyway, so here is this poem. It's going to be at the end of my um, next book, which we're still waiting on. I got a, a message back from a literary agent said to please upload the whole um, proposal because it sounds fascinating, quote unquote, fascinating. So that's a good sign because it's a really good literary agency. It's one of the ones that my writing coach sent me to, but they're not like super quick to like, okay, now you got the writing deal. I'm, I don't know if he's like doing work behind the scenes like, he has to commit to, or whoever on his team that he would assign this to, because it was, like, the president of it, they would have to commit to, um, you know, working for free, because they get a percentage of the advance, but until then, they wouldn't get anything. And I would think that I would want to, before I accepted a a manuscript, if I was them, I would want to, you know, make, I would want that it to make at least, like, 
$10,000 as a upfront thing because I wouldn't want to put, you know, months or weeks or whatever, you know, in for 2000 I don't know how it works for them or what they normally get paid, but that's just my me thinking with time, my time. All right, so it's called No More Walls. I wrote it um, after I'd written my first book. I felt like something called me to just like write right then. And it was, I wrote it on paper. All my other stuff I wrote on a computer, like a Word document, even my first book. Um, but it was still felt like channeled is what they call it. Like where spirit's speaking to you. Um, so, and it's weird because this poem, it kind of goes from like God talking to me and then me talking to the reader. But the thing is, this poem, like we know in the Bible, we can read all this stuff and it like speaks to you. It speaks to you. It speaks to you. It speaks to me. And, and it is because God is like universal. God is like, it's all like he, whatever is said could be applied to anybody. And how this is, I've been writing spiritual poetry. Like the first poem I got was whenever I was eight years old, it was the same way. It was God is Lord. God is King. God is everything. God is someone you can count on and God can make your problems go away just in a flash of day. So if you would want that to happen, I would pray, oh dear God, please help me solve my problems. Please, oh please, right away. That was an eight-year-old. She wrote that, but spiritually I was inspired to sit down in my aunt, uh, what's her name? Aunt Mary is my grandmother's sister. Aunt Mary's like little den by the sunlight and write that. Like, I don't know, maybe other eight-year-olds do that, but I don't know them and so this one happened whenever I was healing after I'd first written the written the first book. So anyway, it's called No More Walls. And I would be open to changing the title, but that's what spoke to me at that time. But I wouldn't change any of the words. So it says, No More Walls. The worst is over now. Cry your tears of relief. Do you hear the trumpet sound? It should bring you to your knees. There's always a hidden purpose you can never comprehend. Not until it is over will you ever see the end. What he does, there's a reason, and the pain inflicted, wait, love, in due season. Don't trust the feelings, they surely never last. Such is what hurts, this too shall pass. And once you resurface, only after you become a believer in his image of God, his only son. You will find all along the pain it served you well, the dreaming kept you alive, now in his presence you will dwell. You know, maybe that's all he wanted, all along, after all, was you, his beauty, his bride, to himself without the walls. So yes, he broke you down, he tore your world apart, then put you back together and blessed you with a better start. For he knew your heart's desire wasn't what you were seeing, so he changed all that you saw and left you with a new beginning. He left you raw, he left you bare, he added his majesty and crowned your beautiful hair. With his love, his kind of beauty, no words could ever express. Yes, he destroyed what was, my dear, but he did it only to bless. He knew you would be thankful, for he knew he made you smart. And that after the storm was over, you would have Jesus' kind of heart. And what you suffered, you'll never know again. My child, I have given you a voice, a special voice that only spins. What you say will heal, what you say will touch. Now you're my kind of beautiful. Now you're my kind of loved. I promise you will have what you saw in your dream, for I know your taste and I'm working behind the scenes. Your mission is to fulfill, your assignment is to speak life in the hearts of those you love, for vengeance is always mine. Forget what was, prepare for that ahead, stick to the script, never fear, never dread. You will be made ready, you will shine bright, you will get through this, for I am by your side. I am in your heart, I am in your head, I am in your spirit, for I was never dead. I am all you dream, I am what you seek, I am all you want, I am who you need. 
Who has loved you more? Who has ever filled? Who has never hurt you? Who has only healed? You can't deny what is, what was, or what will be. You can't deny the facts, for that's not reality. You don't need to be validated. You don't need to be told you're okay. You only need my words in your heart. You only need me to bless your day. No one else matters, not in the way I do. No one else cares, not how I love you. So why won't you come to the giver of life, partake and absorb why he came to die? Your soul only knows, your soul only needs what only he can give. None of your searching will ever fulfill like this. You want to be free? You want what lasts? You want to be made whole? Well, it's in your very grasp. It's all about a choice, a getting real to oneself, a decision only you can make. You'll never run from death. His life is forever. What he did was a big deal. If you knew it was good for you, you'd get down and you'd kneel. It's not about religion. It's not about who's who. It's not about who's watching. This is about you. This is your future. This is your now. This is for those you love. This is for us all somehow. I finally get. I finally am one who sees. I'll practice what I preach. I'll forever believe. He fixed me. I was a wreck. I was ugly. I was a mess. You'll never see the pictures, the past he put to death. He knows all my secrets, for he's been there every breath. I knew he was there, the time I won't get real. All I wanted was a tear, a cold heart wish to feel. It finally happened, and then I knew it was there. The same heart I grew up within me, this heart he never left. It was a turning point, one I will keep to me. It was just me and Jesus that day, for he promised not to leave. This man doesn't judge, he doesn't condemn. He makes a sinner beautiful, he is the one who gives. To her wretched self, held captive to the hate she bore inside, she never knew this was possible. Did you know she almost lost her life? She only knew what she was told. She only knew what they would say. And all that wasn't too pretty, but they never knew her anyway. Even those related, the ones who impact the most, they never truly loved her, not in the way she would have chosen. Has anyone truly known her? Has she even known herself? Has anyone once seen a heart brought back from death? This heart I recognize, I remember how it feels. I can say it's nothing new and that sin doesn't always kill. This is what used to be. This is without what was. This is how it was meant for me. This is just what he does. So I'll get used to what he sees. I'll believe what he believes. And only because he says so, I will start to believe in me. I won't let you knock me down. I won't let you push me away because my heart won't ever come near you and his arms I'll forever to stay. And if he wants me to share this love I hold inside... I'm out of the picture. My will for love dies. It's his game, his idea, his agenda, and his plan. I'm a wreck at choosing players, so I'll let him choose my future man. My hands this time are tied. My mouth is sewn shut. If he wants to open that door, he will only bring true love. None of what I've seen, none of what I've known, all of what he has will only bless my soul. Another sold-out believer, one who will understand this heart and all that's in it, a love who will forever stand. He'll never fall short and he'll never leave. He'll be all that I dreamed for he was meant for me. The timing I'm sure and the place unaware, but the beauty I can feel it from the love of his care. But back to my Jesus for now I will stay glued to his promises day after day. Forever his and forever will be year after year until made complete. And that won't be long in eternity's eyes. So living for what's here with my precious new life. I went a bit too long. So here's this ending. Take care and be blessed with his love I'll be sending. Thank you for listening, lovely listener. I'll talk to you again next week.